Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. about the old Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joined today, as always, by my co-host, John Stefanczyk. Actually, just us. We've been on a great run of guests. We were just talking about it. But uh, back to basics today. First episode of football season, and we're going to talk about some football. So how are you doing tonight, John? I'm good. We are, what is it, six days from the COI hearing. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's scheduled for Monday through Wednesday, I believe. So from the start of it on Monday, yeah, less than a week away. So since Tennessee Martin's a no uh, no name game, I yeah. think the big emphasis of the next week should be the nine uh, eleven is here or it will be here soon. Yeah. So the question is, Sanders, are you ready for it? Am I ready? As ready as I could ever be. I mean, I think like most Ole Miss fans that have followed, you know, the saga of all this NCAA stuff. It's actually funny. I was thinking a few minutes ago. I was going to joke, for once, for one week this season, we're going to talk about actual football. But, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. If if you're following the program, obviously, that's the biggest story, not just of this week, but of the season, is, um, you know, what's going to happen in Covington, Kentucky, um, in less than a week. We're not going to know anything real for a couple months after that. But still, that's going to be very important series of three days for Ole Miss and the future of the program. I'm... I'm ready for it just because, like I was saying, I think like most people that have followed it at this point, getting it over with is, I mean, it's not necessarily good, but it's better than not knowing. I mean, I, I think, I think, I still think Ole Miss is probably in a world of hurt, um, given the evidence against them, uh, specifically some text messages, some phone records, some stuff that's really hard to deny, and that's before you even get into. Will the Committee on Infractions take the testimony of Leo Lewis, Kobe Jones uh, at face value? Before you even get to that, there's a lot of really bad stuff, a lot of level one allegations against Ole Miss. So, um, you know, not necessarily ready for the punishment, but ready to to not know what it is. Ready to be done with the not knowing. Sorry, that's kind of a mouthful there. I mean, what about you, John? How are you feeling about it? I'm just really – I guess my Taylor Swift reference for two weeks in a row. Is oh, God. Well, it's not going to be the outro song again. Oh, also, another apology before you say anything, John. For some reason, no mm. intro music last week. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, the cold open there. Not sure what happened. Hopefully, it'll be back this week. But by now, you'll know. All right, what you, what you were saying? I'm just, I think it's important to note how this new Taylor Swift album is being released. Kind of <laughs> oh, God. In, in, <laughs> inescapable. <laughs> In coincidence with this whole Ole Miss thing. I mean, mm. look what you maybe do is bomb. Are you ready for it? Kind of fits the, uh, we're ready to roll with the COI hearing. I mean. And so I'm guessing in two months the track's going to be you were not ready for it or something along those lines. Something yeah. like it kicked your ass, something like that. It simply, it's over. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that. That's probably about right. Um, I mean, right. It's just going to be good to have it behind you. I mean, once you know the penalties, uh, let's see, that's going to be, what, early November probably, uh, early to mid-November. You can at least start preparing for the future. Basically, Ole Miss is going to find out if it's bad or really bad or, you know, maybe even nuclear. John, you've, you've been one that said, I don't know. I don't think this is based in any necessarily knowledge that we have about the workings of the NCAA or the penalty structure or anything like that. I mean, I kind of agree with you that the the allegations, if they're found to be credible by the COI, I mean, they, they are even more serious than maybe a two-year bull ban. Um, I don't think – I don't know if it's even possible to get a three-year bull ban, but I think if it is possible, the investigators certainly would love for that to happen to Ole Miss. I think we're all in agreement that they uh, – they're out for blood when it comes to bringing down the hashtag network. Um, and I mean, I, I'm sure I've said it on the show, John, but when you zoom out, you look at the scandal from the 20,000 foot view, 
it's really, really bad. I mean, in the allegations, you're talking about two of, in my opinion, uh, the three biggest sponsors of Ole Miss, Asle- Ole Miss Athletics, uh, Cannon Motors, Rebel Rags. I, in, I'm, in my head, the third one is, is C Spire. Um, you could probably throw in a, a general Ford or AT&T, well, a, big, a big national corporation as well. But you're talking about two major, major athletic sponsors. They have their names all over everything, at least Cannon did, until you know the Tunsil saga of a few years ago. Um, and, and I have to expect the Rebel Rags ads that uh, we've seen so much and heard and anything, everything, Ole Miss. I, I, I don't think we're going to be hearing that as much after the ruling in Covington, but we'll see. So you got that directly implicated – uh, and giving benefits to, to recruit some players. And then you have your assistant AD uh, and assistant coach, who's basically your recruiting point man who you've, you've you know, heralded in the past as the, this recruiting genius. And, and he's directly involved with pay-to-play and correspondence between boosters that strongly indicate that you know, he set up a relationship between a booster and a prospect as well as arranging tons of illegal rides and lodging and benefits through uh, intermediary such as Arya Keys, who's Dante Moncrief's cousin that was associated um, in the last round of self-imposed punishments from Ole Miss. So you take that. So we have two major sponsors, assistant AD directly implicated in pay-for-play, and then we have the on-campus hotel at the end of Ole Miss uh, being accused of, of providing – lodging when the when the student or the prospects excuse me are supposed to be um staying with athletes in dorms or not even having their lodging paid for at all if it's an unofficial visit i mean those things combined to me from an outside perspective you weren't an old miss fan and so many old miss fans are so close to this i understand uh it seems it seems hard to kind of wrap your head around it but think about it in in that respect um and i think it's hard to argue that a two-year bull ban from a non-biased perspective, it seems warranted. And we talked about on the show last time, I obviously don't want that. I don't think you really want that either, John. I mean, we like Ole Miss to be competitive as soon as possible, but that is a lot of really damning allegations right there, especially when you take them all at once. It happened over several years, um, but it just really doesn't paint a pretty picture. And I think the 9-11 truthers out there, the people that are still trying to act like, you know, this is uh, – this is all a, a witch hunt, and Ole Miss didn't break any rules. I mean, they, they really need to reevaluate. You could you could argue maybe Ole Miss wasn't speeding any more than anyone else on the interstate, if you want to use that analogy. You know, maybe everybody's doing ninety. Ole Miss is also doing ninety. The problem is, weren't wearing a seatbelt. They you know had a had a beer bottle trailing out of the window, uh, and, and happened to have a flat tire as well, and a big sticker that said, "Hey NCAA, catch me if you can." So all of that adds up to, uh, I mean, I think it looks pretty bad from an outside perspective. So that's your dose of uh, optimism for me for today. Um, you, you want to throw anything in on that, John, before we talk about football? So are the people that are with their heads in the sand the 9-11 truthers? Or are we- yeah, I, to, me, to me, the 9-11 truthers, because I, I think the conspiracy theorists that you know think 9-11 was an inside job are, are kind of goofy idiots that can't grasp reality. Um, I, I would I would lump this large portion of the Ole Miss fan base into that that same archetype, and I would say they're the people that are convinced Ole Miss is being targeted, whether it's for Freeze's outward Christianity or you know Ole Miss's past of racial insensitivity. And I, I would I won't act like that doesn't color people's perceptions of Ole Miss, but all I'm saying is there is plenty of evidence for the NCAA to hammer Ole Miss in this case. Yeah, they've wanted their pound of flesh, their position to get it. The only thing that could really throw it off, as we've talked about, is if they get in there and they say, Leo Lewis, you've, Leo goes haywire. Right, but see, like, so John, like, I was thinking that too, but that was before, you know, we got the NCAA's response and we saw all the phone calls between Terry Warren and assistant coaches. And, I mean, even if you throw out Leo's testimony, there's a lot of other evidence that, to me, at the very least, offsets you know, throwing out the testimony. I just, I, I honestly think those phone records um, that, that these were released maybe a month ago, month and a half ago, we talked about them on the show. I think those are being treated right now by old Miss fans uh, the same way that text from Booster 14 was being treated a couple of months ago. Um, very few people are talking about it. Very few old Miss fans want to talk about it because it kind of blows up their entire narrative that Leo Lewis is making all of this up. I mean, maybe he got some details wrong. Maybe he is lying. I, I do think he's probably lying about the $10,000 payment from Booster 14 simply because it doesn't appear he had uh, $20,000 or more last season. 
Uh, and he did admit that he got money from State after signing day. But, I mean, the evidence to me looks like Rebel Rags was involved in, in, a, uh, in a merchandise for prospective student-athletes scam. Uh, I, I'm not asserting that. It's alleged. I'm just simply saying all of those calls, especially timed up with recruiting weekends, very suspicious. I don't know how we'll miss or Terry Warren could explain that to the NCAA. I guess they're going to try in less than a week here. I wish the I wish the whole like hearing was public. Yeah, you could you could get. I mean, it would be it would draw some ratings. The SEC network oh, should yeah. just go cover it for three days. They should. Yeah, it, that, that would be great. I mean. You know, I guess, I guess the NCAA, you know, honestly, if it was a case by case basis, they'd probably want that in this case. I, I think the NCAA, especially the investigators, uh, and maybe this, the COI, we're going to find out in about two months here, how they feel about Ole Miss. But I, I feel like they definitely want the public to know that Ole Miss deserves this and they have all this evidence against Ole Miss. So I'm sure they would be happy about that. Um, I, I think generally though, they're probably protective of their kangaroo court and, and don't want to, you know, open that up to the public, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of over the narrative of Ole Miss being unfairly targeted. And I, I was all I was all aboard for a while there, but the more evidence that was racked up either by the NCAA or by Ole Miss's own um, compliance staff, and, and that's a different argument, you know, whether or not Ole Miss's compliance staff should have done stuff like turned in that text message from Barney's phone, et cetera. You know, you can debate at other schools. You know, a lot of people say that, no other compliance staff in the nation would turn that in, whatever. I'm all for, you know, a change in that department, but the text is in the hands of the NCAA now. It's out there, and it's hard to act like there's just no grounds to hammer all this. I just don't think that's realistic anymore. I mean, I guess there's a couple separate comments here. First of all, I mean, Florida State had the New York Times on them, has had them on them for a number of years, and yet – remains essentially unscathed about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They issued a statement this past week saying none of that's true, blah, blah, blah. So good for them being all in on the United front and succeeding. I mean, further evidence that, uh, I guess personally, the fact that the Florida panhandle out Fox are clearly demonstrated their superior means of handling the situation compared to Ole Miss. It's just another um, black eye for Ole Miss in terms of, from a confidence standpoint. I mean, Getting smoked by Florida State handling the NCAA and perception and everything's not not exactly the best thing to be the best thing out there. Um, but more kind of an irrelevant to the audience standpoint. I woke up Sunday and after I guess it's kind of you know you, you watch the game and you I guess you think about it when you're asleep and you don't you don't really even realize you're doing right, so. But right, up and I sitting there going, you know what? They're going to get a two year ball ban. And clearly, and here and now, I'm I'm even being sucked into this now. I mean, Luke's got to be Luke's going to be the coach the next two to three years. I think so. Because because you get a two-year ban. So what's the best? You get the two-year ball ban. What is the best path forward for the program? You want to try to keep that roster. I mean, there's going to be people that leave, but. If you keep Luke together, if you keep Longo, if you keep McGriff, I mean, they did play hard Saturday and seemed yeah. to enjoy themselves. On the- well, my question, get I, go on, finish your thought, and I have some some, some follow-ups. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think if they keep the band together, if you will, they'll mm-hmm. keep the most players. So then you're kind of a functional five-win team instead of a – With, with a know, good offense, if you can hold on to some of your stars. You've got – more of a pulse, and then let's be honest. The the other angle here is you've got to keep some piece of the fan base engaged. So if you if you put a good rebel in charge of the ribs, sure. then we'll keep. So that also helps you some court at least a set of the boosters from a financial standpoint that you can keep the program afloat. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be you know probably going to be taken on some water, but you won't sink. Your odds of sinking are much less mm-hmm. versus if you bring in some other. I mean, nobody's gonna. You're not gonna be able to get a good coach if you get it to your bull band. I agree. You gotta. You gotta just go the band aid route. The idea of bringing less miles in to do that makes no sense to me. I mean, yeah, well, it's just kind of silly because what happens then is less gets ingrained, and then it's even harder to fire. I mean, you're telling me dumbass old Miss fans wouldn't fall in love with less miles? Well, here, here's the other would. thing. 
the idea that they need less miles to get the media to like them, all they got to do is, yeah, I mean, they, they they're, they're going to get hammered and go suck for about at least three years. And, and then as everybody soon as they win a game, the media will be back on because it's underdog. Exactly. You know, they overcame it. Like Penn State yeah. and USC. Yeah, if, of, Penn, they're, they're if, if Penn State can hold that underdog mantle, especially after what they got in trouble for, I mean, that's proved that anybody can, especially when you're only dealing with a pay-for-play kind of thing and nothing on the level of, of the Penn State scandal. I think that's a great point. Yep. Um, I agree. Luke is the Luke is the smart option because I don't think you're going to get anybody better necessarily. My question is, pay are, him three three million. No, I think you pay him. I think you pay him like one point eight or less. No, you, you can't see. Here's now. This is this may sound. You can uh, no, how, sound. Why not? Why not give him one of those deals with every win is the is more money and stuff like that. Give him give him a uh, real open ended deal. You're you're back to being the cheap program at that point. I guess, you but it doesn't make sense to me to keep Luke and pay like you what you would pay an up and comer. Go on to to me, you, you pay him minimum two. You pay him like two eight, near three, because then you can you know, you're three, and if you're an experienced, how much guy, how much you paying Crime Dog at that point if he'll stay? Because I think Crime Dog Crime wants to Dog, be the head coach. Why? Why? Crime Dog should just keep his current contract. He's getting one point one million guaranteed next year, and the one point two. I'm just saying, to me, when they made Crime Dog co-HC with Luke, I, I think Crime Dog has some uh, aspirations to be a, a head coach in the SEC sooner rather than later. I don't know. It's a thought. I mean, I think the players are going to be more on Crime Dog's side than Luke's if he, you know, if that's what it comes down to. I'm not saying it's possible. I'm just saying. Do you think there will be more Crime Dog side? I think the players, yeah. Interesting. I think they, I think they like Luke. I mean, I think Crime Dog's a a real charismatic players type kind of coach from everything that I've heard about him. Um, not that Luke's not, but it seems like Luke's more the company man. He's the old Miss guy. I think Luke is the guy that oversees the thing and lets everybody, you know, I, stay out. If you can keep all your coordinators, um, and and you can keep guys like uh, the the wide receivers coach Peeler. Um, Freddie Roach, who seems like an up and comer. I mean, if you could keep those guys together, I'm all for Luke being the, the head coach. I'm just wondering if there's going to be a little tension there or if not, because it seems like this season seems like its own thing, I guess, um, as far as those guys are concerned. They kind of, you know, Freeze was fired so late. Uh, they kind of got together and came up with this plan on the fly. Um, I, I really think they all they thought that Luke was the best fit for head coach because he uh, his unit was less important. You know, you couldn't do Longo or Crime Dog plus Luke's Ole Miss background. Um, but I really think it all resets after this season. I think Luke appears to be a solid head coach. A, he's letting the coordinators coordinate. I like that. Yeah. B, he said, he looked at special teams and said we're going to put our best dudes out there. Mm-hmm. I like. I that. mean, eight. The best, to me, the best part of AJ Brown's night Saturday night was how uh, how easily he fair caught punts. Yeah, I mean, there's thought dropping. Yeah, AJ, AJ catching punts was great. Obviously, receiving was even better. And we will get to the game in one second. Jalen Jones returning a kickoff. Awesome. I mean, Luke special teams Thomas looked much better. Put him out there. Other other than Wonderlick missing a couple kicks, the special teams looked really good. Yeah, which Wonderlick, I mean, that's, I mean, I, well, I mean, it's one game and nobody. Yeah. Nobody panic yet. So it's one game, but he only missed one last season, right? And he missed two in that game. I mean, it's it's, it's one game. Well, he missed, missed an extra point in a field goal. Yeah, so technically only. Missed. But I don't think he missed any extra points last year. Yeah, it's true. Um, but, hey. but yeah, it's one game. No, I agree. Luke Luke seems like a good fit, especially you know if you're navigating steep penalties. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna stay positive. He's gonna keep. Repping old Miss, he's not going to go anywhere. You know, you'd have to, you'd have to ask him to leave. He would never Luke, quit. Luke is better for booster money than McGriff. Yeah, so yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Um, I like that. It, it's going to be interesting to see with the two-year bull band if that is what happens. You know, what links they'll go to to try to keep the players. I, I saw something er, uh, earlier today about how Penn State brought in like hundreds of former Penn State players and stuff, try to convince them all to stay and all this stuff. It'll be interesting to see, you know, Luke seems like he'd be a good guy for that, right? He played through penalties in the 90s as a player, right? So that's a that's a solid fit there. Um, I don't know. I have no idea how well, how well or poorly he – and honestly, you can't even judge if he's a good recruiter or not based on 
you, you know, can't. He's a head years because they're gonna have sanctions and what and everything. Yeah. I mean, he's his his unit, but before he was the head coach, when he was the offensive line coach, he did at least oversee several high-profile players and recruits. I mean, it, I, I think he's been close to some other guys too, so I'm not going to write him off as a recruiter yet. Um, I think some of the guys he has as coaches under him are really good recruiters. I mentioned Peeler already, and so his other guys are going to turn out to be great recruiters. Um, I, I don't think they're going like, to really be able to recruit anybody this year. I mean, we'll see. Maybe after the penalties come down, there's some degree of finality. I mean, if they somehow got a one-year bowl ban, maybe then, you know, you could kick recruiting in and fill well, up with well, some Well, if they get stars. a one-year bowl ban, that totally changes right. the way and, you... If they get a one-year bowl ban, coaching search is open. You know, Luke has to apply like everybody York, else, right? New York definitely keeps his job. If they get a two-year bowl yeah. ban, I think New yep. York's job and flip, but me. Okay, so I, I think B. York's job should be in danger. My question on that is, like, who's going to fire him? Not Vitter. It's a, well, Vitter, I don't know. I mean, Vitter's already proven with the whole AK contract thing. Somebody, if you, if, you know, if the right person gets in his ear, he'll, he'll sway with the wind. Right. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about, right, because – Everything we can tell about that relationship from the outside is that Vitter is happy letting Bjork have full control of athletics. Yet, we're told Vitter made this decision about AK's contract on his own. To me, that's a little sketchy. To me, I think Bjork probably at least was okay with that decision. Just based on, yeah. what, I, based on what I know about that power dynamic. That's interesting. I, I mean, I'm just that. saying. I, I mean, we saw, we saw Vitter... On stage with Bjork uh, at the press conference, both when we got the second of those allegations and when Freeze resigned. I mean, well, then Bjork be fired because handling that contract situation. That I agree. Completely- I agree. Bjork has some great PR people. If in fact he was, you know, tacitly on board with with well, that non-extension, and somehow Vitter took all the blame. It would yeah, just seem out of character to totally disregard that is Bjork's the most employee. Ole Miss thing ever, though, to have to have that scenario which you just said play out like it so is probably exactly what it is i mean one year bull band everybody's happy bjork's happy i just i question if there's a if there's a two-year bull band old miss is feeling really down are they really going to send what has been a golden boy athletic director packing i just i find it hard to believe man bjork's like a cockroach i i, I think he sticks around york is a He's the saying, he'll survive the apocalypse and then ask for donations to rebuild the civilization. Well, he built an arena that has ch- fried chicken and soda in it. So yeah, what else I mean, I'm do? a big Pavilion fan, so I mean, no Bjork, no real Bjork hate here. I mean, it's obviously a conspiracy. All of the AK stuff is conspiracy. Who really knows what's going on there? Um, let's do let's I, talk I about like let's, hate Bjork. What was my latest take on here? I, I, I really think you were cu- you liked him not too long ago. I was on pro Bjork last time. Yeah, you were you were tentatively saying kind of what I said after Freeze resigned, which was maybe he can navigate through all this, but I don't know. I, I think even if there's a two-year bull ban, Bjork's probably going to get some credit for, you know, b- keeping a level head. And, oh, Bjork's the guy to get us through all this, and Bjork's has, Bjork has a plan. And he's not going to, like, get hired away at that point. It, I, I can see both sides of keeping him or getting rid of him in case of a, in the case of a two-year well, bull Well, USC, ban. let's think about USC. They mm-hmm. – Pat Hayden stuck around. Mm-hmm. Penn State cleaned house, but that was that was a different deal. Yeah, that's, as well. that's different, yeah. That's, I mean, I guess my gut says they keep Bjork, they keep Luke, and they mandate their their way through the whole thing. My so. gut only says that because I I don't know who within Ole Miss is going to stand up to Bjork. He's he's popular. Well, who who's going to take the job? Yeah, I mean, there's that too. I, I that's actually very, very real concern. If you get rid of Bjork, is are you really going to uh, be I, able to upgrade? It's going to be a downgrade, probably. What were you saying? I mean, unless you go with unless the only, I mean, the only real person you could hire would be somebody, be some alum tied to the school. But I mean, do yeah, you really they were back to Pete Boone days, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, like would walk. Or Jones or whoever take the job. I don't, I don't right. Know that day, I, I've I don't know anything about him, but I I've heard or I've seen posted, perhaps I should say, uh, that he's he's gunning for the job. So who knows? I mean, I don't know. Him and Bjork are probably friends. So who knows how accurate that is? I I guess he would take it if it's reported that he wants it, right? Yeah, 
Yep. Uh, let's make Sean Tui the AD, huh? Oof. <laughs> let's let's talk about the game, John. Uh, we've we we are in. Yeah, let's talk about John Tui before we say something that gets us sued. So yeah, exactly. Uh, all he said was he'd make a great AD. Um, so in true Landsharks After Dark form, it's it's 25 minutes into the podcast. Uh, we're now going to talk about sports. Obviously, you watch the game. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, I think that would be silly. If you actually, I know a couple of people that listen that probably don't watch all the sports, but still, it's okay. Um, it was pretty. I mean, pretty solid showing by the end of the game. When you looked at the stat sheet, looked at the scoreboard, it was tense at halftime. Uh, it was tied. Uh, Ole Miss came out fast in the second half. As you mentioned, A.J. Brown absolutely dominated. Three big plays for him. Uh, two of them were touchdowns. Uh, the third one, he got tackled like at the two-yard line. So pretty pretty awesome. Uh, and, you know, it's crazy to say this, but Shea looked fairly shaky at times. Somehow still had an 80% completion percentage, uh, four touchdowns, set the record for passing yards and an Ole Miss win. So, it was a good day for Shea. He, he had a couple of dumb mistakes, a couple of times when, you know, he should have just thrown the ball out of bounds or even just gone down because it was too late for that. Instead, tried to do some shovel pass, intentional grounding type idea stuff. But he's he's a real interesting player, John. I mean, it, does he remind you of Manziel? I mean, he's, his, his most uh, prominent instinct, the way he wants to make plays happen is to just run around, let it break down um, and try to find open receivers or just run it himself. He, he's very feet, fleet of feet. Uh, his biggest problem with the Manziel comparison is he's smaller, right? No, he's about the same size. As Manziel. I, I think Manziel had, had some pounds on him. I, I think Manziel was a little tough, was a little, uh, I don't know. I, I worry about Shea getting hit. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll look it up in a second and see what Manziel played at when he was good at A&M. Shea, he- it, his style is like good for playing Vandy and Arkansas and the mid tier teams, but like running around. You say like that, that, but Vandy them. dominated him last year. But yeah, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, that, the team quit at that point. But although, who, oh, you know, Derek Mason is a is a good coordinator, and it wouldn't take a ton for him to go out there necessarily. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the, but Vandy. Look pretty good against Middle Tennessee. I think Shermer's going to have a good season. I, I actually, as of now, I think Vandy will beat Ole Miss. We'll, we'll see as the as the season goes on. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong about Johnny. I don't know why I thought he was bigger. Johnny was only listed at six foot, so I think Shea's got an inch on him there. Uh, and Shea's probably heavier too. He was listed at two oh nine. All right, get your shit straight. Well, well, this is Google, so maybe they're reporting like his junkie weight. Who knows? I'm just. I'm just using Google here, unfortunately. <laughs> He's listed at six one by his high school, so shocker there. About the same size. We'll go with that. They're about the same size. So. Wow, Wikipedia has got Johnny as five foot eleven point seven five. That's they're not messing around. They're not going to give him that six foot. Definitely an NFL combine measurement right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shay, like like I said, I, did you agree that you know Shay somehow for eighty percent? Four touchdowns somehow looks shaky, if that's possible. But I think that's gonna that's gonna get better. He said all the right look, things afterwards. He didn't look eighty percent, four hundred twenty yards good. And that's only because he missed a few open guys. I mean, he could have easily had closer to ninety if he hadn't, you know, put a little too much on some throws. It's, it's interesting. Think about this way: Who, who's better than him in the? Well, do we know enough about Shade to really assess him as a QB? I don't I mean, know. Shade could. Be- be the best guy in the league it's it's possible i mean i think we're gonna have a better idea you know halfway through the season Obus has two actual teams coming up after ut martin and cal and bama that we'll know a lot more about and i think we'll by the end of the cal game slash the the second half of the bama game i think we will have seen most of the playbook um what do you think about the rushing attack just mediocre like it always is i mean i think i think wilkins is Somewhat mediocre. He, he plays hard. You have to you have to give him props for his attitude after the very shitty thing that happened to him last year. But I thought Pittman looked okay. What were you saying? They're a little bit they're a little bit better because the scheme is. Yeah, I thought there were some creative runs. I, I like some speed option stuff. There was there were some interesting draw plays and uh, like little pitches and, and stuff like that that I hadn't seen before. I. I, I think we're going to be more creative this year at least. And, I mean, we'll see. Longo has this reputation as being an innovator, so we'll see if he can kind of tinker around 
um, stick with the stuff that works and, and change up stuff that doesn't. I, I, I do think Shea's most underrated ability is his ability as a rusher. Um, and the great thing about what Ole Miss has on offense with their four to five really, really good receivers uh, is that the more they key on any one thing, the more you're going to see something like, you know, the quarterback running. Um, you know, I read, I think McCready wrote that the USA defenders were keen on Metcalf because they thought he was going to be the best uh, threat that Ole Miss had. And he was really good. He had like 80 yards on eight catches. Um, but, of course, that opened up A.J. Brown to have the huge 223 or 33-yard day with the two touchdowns. And Lodge caught a couple touchdowns. Really happy for Lodge. Um, he's he, he, You could tell in the past couple seasons he was, he was frustrated after being such a stud in high school You know, to, to be kind of the fifth option, really, maybe fourth last season at best. Um, but it, it seems he's happy now, even though he might be the third or fourth guy on on this wide receiver core. And I think he's worked hard and it's paying off. He, he had two good touchdowns in this game. We'll see if he can do it against uh, better competition, but happy for Lodge for sure. Um, and, you know, what what they don't have is a tight end. Um, maybe when Knox comes it, back, but still he's Just wait forward. till Dawson Knox comes back here. I know, he's going gonna to carry him for sure. Did you watch any of the Alabama Florida State game? I did not because uh, we we well actually no I did sorry I, I don't know why I said that after Ole Miss ended we, we flipped over Sean I saw did. Francois got injured I saw I saw him get injured I should say that was a bummer you know, who, you know who Sean Dion Hamilton is like their best linebacker at Alabama okay go on well Cam Akers made him buckle his knees in open field oh that's awesome nice Cam yeah. Akers good my gosh Cam. Cam Akers just sex on a football field. I mean, he's clearly better than the junior. He's going to have a big year. Oh, yeah. And I tell you, watching him and then watching that O-line actually pass pro, pass pro pretty good. And, mm. and then Shea, I mean, because now people are going to go cover Brown. Well, then Metcalf gets one-on-one. And if they both do that. I think if they, if, they, if they key on Metcalf and Brown, you're going to see Shea running. You're going to see uh, Lodge and Van Jefferson and all these other guys. And they're, they're going to run tempo. They're going to run Longo's 28 plays. Yeah. And, I mean. I, I mean, I, I think Cam undeniably would have done great this season. And, any, I mean, anywhere he played. But what a waste, what a waste of, honestly, a championship offense by yep. screwing around, screwing up and not getting Cam makers. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's. Then, go on. They still, now, defensively, they would have had, you know, still go find a way to recruit guys. But. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, that's that's why Hugh Freeze is such a flawed character, right? Because he lost stupid games. He did a he did a ton of dumb shit off the field. He did not deserve to be a head coach with the way he acted. But I mean, damn, he put together some impressive units. I mean, at the very least, the kicker is that he. I mean, he won a lot of big this games. this offense, and then when you look back. Um, what he did with Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly, plus uh, some really good defenses he recruited. It was just like, damn. He was good at some stuff. Crazy. Um, I, no, all, all I was going to say about Cam was, obviously he would have done great at Ole Miss, but I, I don't think anyone can blame him for the decision he made. It was the oh, smart, he made it the was right. a smart choice. I'm rooting for Florida State because of Cam Akers. Yeah, He's and good. as I said, it's a really it's a bummer about Francois going down. I mean, obviously, still not huge fans of Florida State after last season and all that. But I'm rooting for Akers for sure, and it sucks to lose your starting quarterback in the first game. That's a huge bummer, and no team deserves that. Injuries in general are a bummer. Um, so we, I mean, that's that kind of ties in with what we've been talking about the last few days about that great piece that was on Red Cup. Um, just talking about how hard it is to be not just an Ole Miss fan, but especially just a football fan in general. Um, there's just so many glaring problems from amateurism to CTE to, you know, the, the, I already said amateurism, but just the entire thing of coaches making $5 million and players not being allowed to, you know, profit off their image at the same time. I mean, it's, it's hard to make peace with all of that. Um, and then you see something like that, Francois going down in the first game. It just really kind of takes the wind out of it all. But, hey, at least Ole Miss didn't lose anybody in that cupcake. It's interesting they played Shea all the way through. I mean, what would you think about that? At least they were handing the ball off mostly in the last 10 minutes. I really didn't think that much of it. 
Yeah, well, you never. I don't think you ever think anything of it until your starting quarterback gets hurt when you're up by 20 with four minutes left, right? But, hey, you know what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So I I do hope against UT Martin uh, the lead is more comfortable and we see a healthy dose of Jordan Tom Yu in the second half. That that would make me breathe a little easier. Um, what else should we, let's talk about some other games that happened this week, John, uh, you mentioned FSU, Alabama It's pretty boring for a lot of it, right? I mean, while the Ole Miss game was going on, we were just seeing the score for the most part. It seemed pretty, pretty low score. And Andy Papanastos, former Ole Miss kicker, huh? Having, having some big moments in the spotlight. When I texted the, the group that and was notified everyone that Papanastos was alive and well. And shanking so. kicks. He missed two, didn't he? I think he missed. He missed at least one. So, I was, with, I was with John and Beth Stevens in Minneapolis. I'm still trying to figure out how he came up with that idea. But yeah, we us did. too. We heard y'all were going there and couldn't quite put it together. But, hey, it sounds sounds nice. Was it, was it beautiful? But actually, it was a good weekend. I was surprised at Minneapolis. It was a good, good place to visit. Minnesota State Fair was the past two weeks. They had, Ooh. I think, near, nearly 2 million people over two weeks. Yeah, I've heard the food is great. It was really good. That was good. They had this Surly Brewing, a big complex, and cool. Dude, well, anyway, wanna, we had an Airbnb, we had an Airbnb that had the standard Direct TV package, so we had Alabama, Florida State on the TV, and uh-huh. then ESPNU was not part of the package, so I had it on my iPad. Okay, so you're we kind of both simultaneously. Yeah, score wasn't entertaining, but you're, I mean, you can just watch that game and tell there was 85 dudes on yeah, both yeah. rosters. Yeah. I mean, those are yeah, those are two big boy teams. Those are two top ten programs. The whole idea of Alabama, Florida State played them even, except they totally screwed up special teams. Field goal gets blocked, punt got blocked, fumble to kick off. I mean, that stuff alone cost them the game. As far as I mean, they actually outgained Alabama by ten yards and had two more first downs. I mean, statistically, they're pretty hmm. even. Yeah, kind of one of those. Look at the stats; you say it's pretty even. A game where you look at the stats and go, that team should have gotten beat by 40 was Florida-Michigan. Mm-hmm. And if Michigan doesn't is more efficient in the red zone, doesn't throw two pick sixes, they win that game like 42-3. to three. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, I thought, yeah, the two pick sixes. They beat the shit out of Florida. Felipe Franks looked awful. I think, I guess, a, you know, half the SEC could get fired conceivably. Yeah. If you think about it. McIlwain is no closer to having an offense, a competent offense, than Muschamp was. To be blunt, he just doesn't have. A, I mean, Felipe Franks looked like a joke, and they had Malik. What's Zaire. up with that? Is that is that related to the job, or they just keep they just have a run of incompetent coaches? I don't know. I mean, they all have good defense and crap offenses every year. Yeah, well, and it make, it's kind of like LSU, right, where maybe the super talent-heavy state is really good at producing everything but quarterbacks, right? I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, Miami no. has a pretty good player. Yeah. Kaya. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think you're right, though, about everybody being on the hot seat. I mean, two big games of this, of this past long weekend, you had – Tennessee and Georgia Tech, where Butch really deserved to lose that game. I mean, I have to think something terrible uh, or a series of terrible things is going to happen to Butch one day to make up for you know that lucky horseshoe he's got up his ass. Because that dude, yeah. dear lord, Butch is all over the place. I mean, Sumlin uh, is the other one I was going to mention. The second largest comeback in NCAA <laughs> history against UCLA and Josh Rosen. Not fired. Great. That is done. Yeah, I mean, they might they could fire him mid season, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think how it happens here in terms of where they can a mid-season or they wait till the end. I mean, they are circling the wagons on who they I, want to go get. I, I know a I lot of people are, are not, a, not a fan of firing mid-season. I, I don't hate it. I think it's a good idea to get a jump on the carousel. I agree. I think you make it public knowledge, hey, yeah. we're, we're moving. And you start to, yeah. you start getting everybody in that'll, that'll interview that you can and Unless get ready to make the worried. first hire. Unless you're worried about somebody on the staff uh, taking over, winning games, and then right, right, um, yeah, Ed Orgeron situation. Exactly, Ed Orgeron. Um, who else did that? I'm trying to think. Um, hmm, it does sound like uh, did, wasn't it? He did. He also did that at USC, right? Or, or tried yeah, to. Clay. Yeah, but Orgeron tried to do it 
there too, right? Like he was the interim, then they didn't they didn't retain him. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So it's basically just the Edo story, uh, lifetime movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean those those were some crazy games. I watched a little bit of the A and M game. Watched a lot of that Georgia Tech Tennessee game. Uh, well, I mean, what other SEC did you see any of Auburn? I I didn't, but I'm interested in I, how they look. I I didn't. The whole I'm not as high on them as some other people are. Yeah, I mean I think they lose at Clemson this week. Yeah, it should be a good the- good test. Yeah, that's this weekend. Well, and we'll we'll run through we'll run through lines here in a second. So that'd be two good games. Yeah. Um. State demolished Charleston Southern. Uh, Arkansas the won a, a cupcake as well. Uh, Georgia, I don't think looked great. I think they'll probably struggle against Notre Dame this weekend. I know nothing about Notre Dame. Um, yeah. I don't- I mean, I think Brian Kelly's on the all over the hot seat, but is that game in South Bend or where is that thing? Good question. It is. Let's see. It looks like it's it's at Notre Dame. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, September eighth. Oklahoma State plays South Alabama Friday. Yeah, at South Alabama. Oh, is that Friday? Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I'll watch, I'll watch that on Friday probably. That sounds good. Um, yeah, that's very strange. We talked about it a week or two ago when we were looking through uh, the South Al schedule. Um, they, they should they should dominate. I think the Lions, uh, Oklahoma State, minus 28. Probably cover that. Um, I mean, South Alabama looked decent on offense against a very bad defense at Ole Miss, so I, I don't think they're very good. Um TCU Arkansas. It's the yeah, yeah. Do you want to, let's here. Let's let me open up. Let me open this up, and we'll we'll get into lines for this week. Um, who do you like in TCU Arkansas? I'm leaning TCU right now. Again, I don't know anything about them, but I'm I'm leaning TCU. I, I didn't really watch any of Arkansas. Um, I I called a little bit, but you can't really tell anything from those games on the road last year. Is Kenny Hill still the QB at TCU? Ooh, good. Good question. I feel like he should still have eligibility. Yep. He was. Nice. Um, the hogs get give me the hogs at home. I'll go that I'll go that route. Okay. I'm taking TCU. Alright, here I got I got some lines up. Moving through yep. anything of interest here. I mentioned Oklahoma State. Uh Northwestern minus three at Duke. I mean is is Cutcliffe's team just kind of mad this year? I don't, I don't know anything about him, but he's had good teams. Um, Texas, San Jose. How about Texas getting beat by? Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was great. Uh, there was a lot of shade and fraud in opening weekend. Hey, they got a nice locker room though, so it's all yeah, that matters. Dude. Oh, and they got freaking Tom Herman, dude, swag surfing. It's going down. Yeah, yeah that was that was funny. Love that. How about Penn Baylor? State. How about Baylor losing to Liberty there? Oh, that was fantastic. That is, I mean, they deserve to lose every game. That, but that is, I mean, losing to Liberty—that's that's approaching the level of losing to Portland for uh, the Pirate a couple years ago. I mean, that's that's bad. Liberty is, yeah, they they shouldn't be able to play with you in any sport really. But if if football should be the last thing they're good at, um. Yeah. I don't think that, but more lines for this week. We, we talked about Auburn Clemson. Clemson's favored by five in that one. My gut says they cover that. Yeah, I think they win that game by ten. Yeah, I mean they might end up winning by three, but I, I still think Clemson Clemson pulls that off. Interesting line of the week, perhaps. Uh, you got South Carolina plus two and a half at Missouri, who looked pretty bad. I mean they scored seventy points, but their defense was god awful. Missouri, I mean. <laughs> What's the it's South Carolina or Missouri is favored by two and a half, which seems like a sucker bet, but I'm I'm not afraid of it. I mean, I got the Cox in that one for sure. Give me the Cox. Yeah, yep. give me the Cox and the points for sure. I I do not believe in Missouri. Not an SEC school. Um, we talked about Georgia Notre Dame. Notre Dame is getting four and a half. Uh, they're fa- sorry, they're favored by four and a half. Georgia's getting four and a half. Uh, I I think. I, again, I don't know anything about Notre Dame, so I guess I shouldn't even comment, but they'll probably cover. We'll see. I think Jacob Eason is overrated, and him being hurt is a good thing. 
Give me the dogs. Okay. I will go. All right. I like it. I, I like that prediction. It's it's right on brand for you, and I think it could be right. Um, here's one that I think is free money. Uh, I think it opened at minus seven for state. Now it's minus eight uh, at Louisiana Tech. I mean, if there's one thing I know about Dan, it's that he loves to run up the score on non-conference opponents. I say, give me the dogs minus eight. Yeah. I mean, it, he's he's going to take out some frustrations against them. He always does. Uh, the only reason that that the you know they might not cover would be, you know, you're at Louisiana Tech, you're looking ahead to LSU. Maybe a couple teammates, specifically a linebacker, might be distracted about a uh, an upcoming trip he has to Kentucky. But I mean, I I, I think they're going to cover eight. Um, Oklahoma at Ohio State, the Buckeyes minus seven and a half. I mean. I think Ohio State wins, but Oklahoma could easily cover that. Well, see, now that big game Bob is retired, mm-hmm. I think that could be you know a difference maker in these big games for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield outright to win the game. Outright at Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State looks shaky at Indiana. I'll give you that. Uh, Tom Allen had a, some had some time in the spotlight. Um, in that, that primetime game. That, that was pretty much the opening game of the season, huh? I think it was like Thursday night or something. Uh, yep. Good for Tom. Couldn't hold on. Couldn't pull it off. Kind of going for a 2014 Bama vibe, though, in the first half there, but uh, couldn't make it happen. Uh, okay, all right. I got you down for that, John. I like that pick. Um, USC minus seven, hosting Stanford. How are the Cardinals this year? Probably pretty bad, huh? I mean, McCaffrey's going uh, on. They- Crap out of rice in Australia two weeks ago. Start okay. The season. Sure, why not? Whatever, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, I, um, I, I literally I don't know what those words you said mean together. That's strange. Continue. So they they played rice in Sydney, Australia. No, no, I I know, but it's a ridiculous concept. It's a ridiculous yes. concept. Um, Utah BYU don't care. Uh, I, I think USC wins the game, but Stanford covers okay seven seven plus seven sure why not right um old miss favored by 29 and a half over tennessee martin uh, I, yeah i would say Ole miss, I, I think Ole miss covers that because there's probably a little frustrated about the slow start last week ut martin's a lot worse than south alabama um and i think they need to tune up the offense before they go and probably have to score a whole lot of points in berkeley if they want to win that so 29.5 is probably good. I mean, the only reason they're not going to cover that is because the defense is really bad, which we know to be true. So, possible, I, I think, probably lay them. I will not be laying those, but I, I think it'll probably, they'll probably cover. Um, scrolling, scrolling. Notre Dame is ranked this week. Why? Yeah, That's to ridiculous. hype up that matchup. I mean, why is Georgia ever ranked? It's not clear. Why was, why was Texas ranked to start the season? None of these things make any sense. It's just about hype. Texas has got a big locker room. Don't be hating on the You're right. Locker You're right. Room. Well, and they have bigger locker room. They have like recessed lighting and stuff like that. And like it's like colored lighting, all that kind of cool stuff, you know. And they probably even Minnesota. have like. Go ahead. Minnesota goes to Oregon State. Yeah, your new team. Minnesota, huh? And I hate PJ Clark. I hate him. And he will not like <laughs> So Those people will hate Minnesota him. plus two in Corvallis. Hmm. I think, the, I think Minnesota probably. Probably covers that, right? I don't know. I, I hate PJ Fleck. I just hate PJ Fleck. Hmm. He, he's my new. He he is the new Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Row the boat. Here's the kicker, though. Is I'm walking around there, and the the Gophers got the buck teeth, and I'm going, "Shit, is Hugh Freeze going to replace PJ Fleck up here?" <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good fit for sure. People deserve way better. Uh, let's see, my boy Mike Leach, ten point favorite over Boise. Boise was struggling against somebody yeah. this past week. I say, so, I say, Leach covers that. Leach managed to not lose his opener like a dumbass this year. So good for him. <laughs> good for him. We did not, we did not cover my lock of the week from a spread standpoint. Which was which what? Is Pitt, which is what? Which is Pitt at Penn State. Oh, I like that one Pitt, too. I like that one when I saw it Pitt, earlier. Pitt gets get this. Pitt gets twenty two points. I know, and Pitt won that game last year. 
Pitt beat them last year. Pitt, Pitt does not give a damn walking. Now, I, I expect Penn State to win the game by like 14, 17. Right, so what gave me pause on that line was I thought about how Pitt won last year and then thought, well, Penn State's better this year. Maybe they're mad about last year. Maybe they're going to take out some frustration. I don't know. I don't know anything about Pitt. They lost their running back, I know, to the draft. Mm-hmm. But I do like – I mean, that's I, huge. That's a huge line. They have they got Nard- Narduzzi's the coach. I think he's mm-hmm. solid. Mm-hmm. And that team is not going to be, you know, think anything about play- – they don't think they're playing the number four team in the country. It's the team – one of the teams they beat last year. Yeah. Interesting but, that Cal is only favored by 27 over Weber State after beating UNC week one. Um, huh. I don't know about that one. Uh, let's see. Do we miss anything else? I think that's in Memphis at Central Florida. Uh, Memphis underdog by two and a half points. Sure, why not? Uh, did you see any of that Southern Miss Kentucky game? I heard Southern play Kentucky close. Probably just a bad sign for Kentucky, though. Well, that's the Central Mississippi story of the day. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's about it for lines for next week. So, how many plays? How many? Who has more plays in the playbook? Longo or McGriff? We know Longo has 28. I think it's got to be Longo, right? Yeah. Because McGriff is really keeping it basic. I mean, we're going to put four linemen, two linebackers up on the line, and then they're either going to rush or they're going to fall back pretty much every play, right? Yep. That seems like what's what's going to happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think they'll, they'll bring out some new stuff, some stunts and stuff, at least, uh, when we play Cal, still missing some pieces too. Kadir Shepard, uh, didn't play interesting to see if he has anything. I mean, Cotney looked really good. Um, they're going to get Kim Webster back. They're going to get Datrick Bings Duke back this week, uh, suspended for their shopping trip at Walmart. Um, on the offensive line, Jordan Sims is, is out right now. We mentioned Dawson Knox already. So, personnel. What's going on? He hurt, or I, I think Sims has some sort of a hamstring or some kind of a lingering, a lingering thing. I don't remember exactly what it is. It's something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure though. Uh, so I think I think the defense has room to improve. I mean, there is some stuff that can probably be cleaned up, right? Like some some arm tackles by. Some guy. I mean, also of note, we should say Breland started. I stall, so that was all a motivational ploy. I have to assume. All of Cote, them. Cote good. I mean, their their first line up front's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. The rest of the defense. Ugh. Yeah. Not not good. Um, the safeties and linebackers are real bad. Cornerbacks a little bit better, but yeah, the, the defensive line's really the only strength there. Yeah, Jalen Julius got burned on that long pass. Um, let's see, Taylor Polk played substantial minutes at linebacker. My my Taylor Polk highlight was definitely when the South Alabama quarterback fumbled. Taylor Polk picked it up, and then the the quarterback took it away from him very convincingly. That was awesome, very encouraging. Taylor, um, stuff like that. So you know, you got to hope with Bing's Bing's Duke back. Uh, maybe Polk will stay off the field a little bit more, but there's whole lot of question marks on defense. I mean, really the only hope for Ole Miss to win games is to score 40, 50 points and, you know, get a few stops on defense. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, a little bend don't break won't hurt. There were a few times when they gave up long drives and held them to a field goal. And, yeah, it's South Alabama. But if you can replicate that, I mean, I think in the type of games Ole Miss is going to get in unless their offense – unless the Ole Miss offense really stalls out, um, I, I think – you know, keeping some, some touchdowns, turning them into field goals is, is going to be big. That's going to be um, maybe the difference in a game or two if you can consistently do that. So, you know, it's not it's not all is lost on defense, but it's obvious that it's a very lopsided team when it comes to competitiveness of the units, offense versus defense. I think the offense is a lot more competitive. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how they look against, against better defenses as well. Um, yeah. What's your sense on this team's potential record-wise after watching the game? And for the sake of this conversation, let's assume that the NCAA ruling doesn't really have a huge impact on like the psyche transfer. Of the team. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm saying let's just say you know what? What does this team look like? I think they're a. I'm gonna pull up a, the uh, the schedule. Go on. I think they're a five to an eight win team. Yeah, yeah. I eight is everything. 
But like Cal winnable. Yeah. They lose to Bama. I think they got a puncher's chance at Auburn. I, I think so still, too. I think so too. I uh, Vanderbilt will be a good game. I, I still favor Vanderbilt right now. Um, LSU at home. You're the underdog. Probably a loss though. Arkansas probably a loss. You're at home. But I think you can. I think you can win three in a row at Kentucky versus Lafayette versus A and M. Um, I don't like the chances in Starkville just with the way their team is built. But still, I mean, you're looking at if you win the Cal game, you're looking at. Does they have a secondary though? I mean, that's always been a weak spot for them. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Shay will have time, be able to pass all over him. I don't know. The problem the is State's going to score a lot on Ole Miss again, I have to assume. I mean, their rushing yeah. attack. Their rushing attack is solid, and Ole Miss's rush defense is real bad. They're going to lose the Egg Bowl on short rest. They lose to Bama. Yeah, I think they lose to LSU, and then let's say they, they lose at least one of Auburn, Arkansas. Um, I it, I think six might be the floor. I mean, we're coming, we're getting there. If they beat Cal, I'm probably ready to say six should be the floor. I mean, you you should beat Kentucky and Lafayette, and you should win okay. one of A and M, Vandy, Auburn. For Matt Luke and this staff, the Cal game's huge. It, it's that's it's really the 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 pivot I'd say between a successful season and and missing your your. Potential. They get to three and zero, and even if you lose to Bama, to Auburn, to and, yeah, I mean you could reel off some a lot of losses there, but the three and zero helps insulate you a little bit. Exactly. So then you just got to honestly go win one of the home games there, and that gets you what four and four with Kentucky. Uh, what you might call it? Who's our November game? La Tech or whatever? Yeah, Lafayette. Yeah, Lafayette. So then you can go – if you go in those two, you're at six and four, and then you get A&M at home and that state. I mean, you could go have a run there. So yeah. we'll see what – It's very possible. Um, I think we talked about everything we want to talk about, John. You got a good right around hour here for the for the listeners. Actual football episode. Sorry, we, we only spent the first 25 minutes talking about the NCAA. What are you saying? How about the eye of this hurricane out there in the Gulf? Irma. Man, it's, it's crazy. Already a Cat 5 talking about Hurricane Irma, uh, but that, that's real small, tight rotation on it. It's scary looking out there. 80 mile an hour winds. It's going to go just obliterate. Puerto Rico, yeah. Uh, you, you know, everybody on, gets on these, oh, my God. This thing's dangerous. I mean, obviously, it's like the you know in other news, the sky is blue, but it seems like every 10 years, this is kind of, you know, there's a lot of whole throw storms. 04, 05 was bad. For Pensacola, was, they had, got hit twice in 95. They got hit once in 04, hmm. once in 05. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think I think there's some there's some merit also to uh, to uh, looking at it from a, the climate change angle, you know. Um, but yeah. there'll be plenty of time left for all of us to cower in fear of the natural world and debate, you know, whose fault it is and whether it's anybody's fault at all and all that. But, you know, anybody out there in Florida, Georgia, you know, anywhere in the Gulf that might be in the path of this thing, it's still a little early to tell exactly where it's going to go. Stay safe. Um, Thanks for listening, of course, as always. Uh, John, thank you, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you guys pretty soon uh, about more football and maybe a little bit more NCAA stuff, too. I've been in the right place. But it must have been the wrong time I'd have said the right thing But it must have used the wrong line I've been on the right trip But it must have used the wrong call Hit us in a bad place And I wonder what it's good for I've been in the right place But it must have been the wrong time My head is in a bad place But I'm having such a good time I've been running trying to keep tongue up in my Could talk into this time. Doesn't need a little brain salad surgery. I got to cue my insecurity.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.